Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Hello, my name is Dr. Nick Smolowski, and I'm also a geoholic. We appreciate you tuning in for this child-friendly edition of Bad Elf's Seconds of Spatial News. We Bad Elves live our lives one spatial second at a time, and we know you, geoholics, do too. For this week's selected geospatial news, I am pleased to share that Esri, the world's most prolific GIS software company, has recently released a children's book focusing on geographic concepts and spatial thinking. The book titled The Locators, Adventure in South America, was written by Esri staff. The book follows two children and their pet, Mo the Parrot, as they solve problems around the world. Of course, they are using maps, geospatial thinking, and modern technology to accomplish this. In the novel, the main characters Oliver and Lucy use their geographic know-how to save critically endangered species all over South America. What's great about this book is that it's also interactive and designed to be a learning tool for your kids. At the end of each major step of the character's journey, hands-on activities get the readers involved. As GIS Cafe reports, this hands-on approach encourages critical and spatial thinking while also reinforcing reading comprehension and vocabulary. The book is currently available in hardback and ebook for just under 13 bucks. I don't know about you, but this sounds like a fun way to teach your kids about the importance of geospatial intelligence. Similar to the effort Get Kids Into Survey, this book does a wonderful job promoting the geospatial professions to a younger audience. Be sure to consider picking up a copy if you have younglings at home. All right, that does it for this week's Bad Elf's Seconds of Spatial News. We hope you enjoyed our designated news of the week. If you have any questions about this story or about Bad Elf GNSS products, please feel free to contact me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. All righty, Geoholics, sayonara. Until next time. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Welcome back, Geoholics. You got so your, good to be here in the Diamondback Land Surveying Studio. I'm glad you got your bra on your head to really bring that <laughs> in appropriately. One of the best movies ever, right? <laughs> here we are, episode 92. Shoots, we are getting close. The countdown I, is on. I know. What did you come up with for episode 92? Mr. Reggie White. That was oh, a no-brainer right no-brainer. there. Uh, 1984, first round, number four overall. Can you guys guess who he was drafted by? Philadelphia? Nope. Denver. The Memphis Showboats in the AFL. Oh, jeez. That was a trick question. (laughs) Exactly. 13-time Pro Bowler, 8-time first-team All-Pro, 5-time second-team All-Pro, 2-time NFL Sack Leader, 3-time NFC Defensive Player of the Year, 2002 NCAA Hall of Fame, 2006 NFL Hall of Fame, and his number 92 is retired by the Eagles, the Packers, and the Tennessee Volunteers. Unbelievable. So, What a name, the Showboats. Absolute boats. legend. The Showboats, the Memphis Showboats. Couldn't have gone wrong. Couldn't have gone wrong with that one. I, w- I was tempted for Michael Strahan, but... Well, that would have been a Homer thing to exactly. do. Exactly. So yeah. I went with the the more deserving guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't can't blame you there. All right. Thanks for that shoots. Um, here we are, as I mentioned, in the Diamondback Lands Ring studio. Good to be back. Uh, I'll tell you what, we've been doing this for almost two years, and you know what? I still look forward to doing this as much as I did day one. Whoa, whoa, actually. I didn't get the text this morning, did you? It's today. 
Is it two years today? It is. Is it yeah. really? Our first episode was posted on August 1st. So we and probably I, recorded about this time, right? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Two wow. freaking years. Can you believe that? And we didn't even know it until right now. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Lots of highlights. A couple lowlights. Not many, though. Not uh, many. No. I mean, I'll tell you what. More I'm, highlights than lowlights. Absolutely. No <laughs> question. We're still adding value. We're still making friends. That's the important thing. Every day. Let's get on with this one. We got some weird science to talk about tonight. Trust me on that. <laughs> uh, PJ, tell me about Oingo Boingo. All right, guys. Oingo Boingo, American new wave band formed by songwriter Danny Elfman in 1979. The band emerged from a surrealist musical theater troupe, the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, that Elfman had led and written material for years previous. Oingo Boingo were known for their high-energy live concerts and experimental music, which can be described as mixing rock, ska, pop, and world music. The band's body of work spans 17 years with various genres and lineup changes. Their best-known songs include Only a Lad, Dead Man's Party, and Weird Science. Let's uh, hear the Oingo Boingo story. Well, I do an Oingo Boingo story. Of First of all, I'm reading this. You know, this is kind of a script, obviously. Yeah. And I, my glasses are obviously. I could. I'm gonna make this. I gotta zoom this in because I thought it said ska poo, yeah. but it said pop. Thank goodness. So let me zoom in on this here, just a little bit. What's ska, guys? Um, ska is like with your trumpets and your horn instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, like real you, big fish is. You kind of like that stuff, shoots. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Kind of a ska guy. You're a ska guy, yeah. I used, I used to be in my younger days. <laughs> Back in the day. In my youth. For sure. Um, first of all, Danny Elfman is an absolute musical. Well, the ska drum would actually be from uh, England. England, yeah. There you go. Absolutely. And Danny Elfman is an absolute musical genius. Uh, I did see Oingo Boingo one time. It was back like probably 86, uh, outdoor music theater in Chicago. And it was, again, just an amazing show. I mean, just classic 80s, feathered hair, you name it. It was there as far All as the 80s go. All the lights and keyboards. Oh, and unbelievable. I just uh, Googled a picture of this guy. He's uh, quite the character. Oh, <laughs> Google his resume. The guy's like unbelievable. He's not Johnny Monaco, though. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's Johnny Monaco's inspiration. You never know. All right. Let's give a shout out to this week's featured friend of the program being Trimble Geospatial. What do you got for Trimble Geospatial shoots? I would say that Trimble Geospatial provides solutions that allow you to make your mark using high quality, productive workflows and information exchange, driving value for a global and diverse customer base of surveyors, engineers, and GIS service companies. Governments, utilities, and transportation authorities. Trimble's innovative technologies include integrated sensors, field applications, real-time communications, and office software for processing, modeling, and data analytics. Trimble is pioneering the future for data intelligence, converging people, product, and place seamlessly to help you make your mark and leave your legacy. This is known as the Trimble Geospatial Advantage. To find out more about them, www.geospatial.trimble.com. Nicely done, Shoots. Here's what I like. I like when our guest is from uh, representing a company Mm -hmm. and our featured friend of the program is somebody else because then our guest starts to think, you know what? Maybe I should become a friend of the program of the Geoholics. (laughs) Shameless plug. Shameless plug, absolutely. (laughs) All right, Trimble Geospatial is getting like 
They're Double the love the tonight. Because here we are at the Trimble Geospatial Weekly Words of Wisdom. Um, this is from somebody who I have the utmost respect for. Here we go. A leader must lead, but also be ready to follow. They must be aggressive, but not overbearing. A leader must be calm, but not robotic. They must be confident, but never cocky. A leader must be brave, but not foolhardy. They must have a competitive spirit, but be a gracious loser. And that, of course, is from Jocko Willink, who I absolutely freaking love that guy. Big fan. Super fan of Absolutely. For sure. Uh, let's catch the boys just a little bit. PJ, what's up, man? Um, I got to talk I get this, the Olympics. I'm so disappointed. Oh, this is like, horrible. I look forward to it. I, I mean, when I was little, mm. I remember watching, I can distinctly remember watching Phelps just dominate in Beijing and going and joining the swim team like the week after, just because I wanted to be Phelps so bad. <laughs> um, but I don't, I, I look forward to it every, every four years after that. And I was super bummed out, obviously last summer when we didn't get it mm. and was thinking it was going to come back and it was going to be this massive thing. I, there's not, I don't get, like, there's... No fanfare. There's yeah. no... It's horrible. They can't, there's uh, no highlights. It's so hard to watch. The, the ratings are worse than, like, 40 years. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I understand it's in a different part of the world, like the 12, 13-hour change, whatever mm. it is. But yeah. and we get that. We deal with that every four years. But it's, something's different about this year. We're like, I, it's like, mm-hmm. it the might no, as well not even going on. The no crowd just kills it. Yeah. It, it just brings all the excitement right out of it. And every time I go and sit down and try to watch, it's like air rifle, like <laughs> just weird, weird events. But yeah, I'm, I'm super bummed out about that because it's something I've looked looked forward to for a while. That's what the DVR is for, buddy. You just record it and then you well, get to pick what you want to watch. The thing is, they can't, you, they're not even allowing like highlights to be posted like on Instagram uh. or Twitter or anything. So like the outreach for it is unless you're, DVRing it, or yeah. like you're 80 years old, well, then you can't. <laughs> then you can't really yeah. get that content or like the highlights for yeah. it. And then if you want to watch it in 4K, you got to pay extra. Really? Yeah, yeah I haven't seen stupid. that. I haven't even really seen how to watch it at this point. Get this though, for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned, that we were sitting at where we at the casual pint on Sunday and uh, having a couple beers, a couple next to us. We were of course bitching about the Olympics, and I'm like, what? The, what does it take to be an Olympic sport? So I Googled it. Do you guys have any idea? Mm-mm. No. So it's a, it has to be played in 75 countries and on four continents to be a male Olympic sport. And it's like 45 countries and three continents if it's a female sport. Weird. Because they're like, well, why isn't like gaming a Olympic sport? Or, yeah. You know, just like... There's so many off the wall things, you know, Chess. as far as sports go. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. You exactly. I mean, that's easily sport. played in 75 countries and four continents. Sure. Yeah. What do you think the weirdest event is that they have? Oh, man. I saw, like, some slalom canoeing that was happening. That was yeah, really Yeah, they bizarre. get really technical, like one man, two man, yeah. one paddle. Like, yeah. they, they can make a, Pretty a million wild. events. What, yeah. what, the newest one, this the surfing, I think, is interesting, especially because it's in Japan, which I don't really think is known for surfing. Have you seen any of those videos? It's, like, super murky yeah, water. it's weird. It's, it's so weird. Didn't they say the like, there thing. was a typhoon headed that way? Actually, oh. there's a typhoon going on right now, and it's Is really, it? really crazy. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, I haven't no, even seen it. That's, oh, how, yeah. that's how terrible the coverage has been. It's like, that, that, and that's an easy headline, yeah. and I haven't even seen that. And it's I'm like, a connected 24-7. Of course there's a typhoon, right? <laughs> why, yeah. why not? Of course there's a typhoon. What else could go right? Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. anyway, I, I digress. Shoots, um, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I went to Texas over the weekend, rode in a car 11 hours each way. You're insane. Would not recommend it. 
Uh, Would not do it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Played 72 holes of golf or at least attempted to in two days. Uh, It was a great time. Good group of guys that I went with. So that pretty much took up most of my weekend. Well, week and weekend. So other than that, I've just been watching the Olympics as well, finding random things. That's how I, I was watching that those crappy sports that you were talking about when they were talking about the typhoon coming. So that's the only only reason I know. Crazy. What about you, Kent? You know what? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Mm -hmm. So here's the summary of my week, okay? I bought a car. I crashed a car. (laughs) And I started a new job. There we go. That's the summary of my week. That's huge. Yeah. I mean that that's like the events that take place is like in like six months in one week. Oh man. So you bought the car before you crashed the car. Well fortunately I crashed a uh, an existing vehicle. Yeah. I didn't crash the new car. Okay. But yeah. you bought it. Now that would have been something. Well, I almost drove that car that day. And if Could I, you imagine? Oh, you know what? I probably would have seen the... Uh, yeah, it's lower. Yeah. I probably would have seen it, yeah. yeah. It wasn't like... It, it was a single vehicle accident. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> single vehicle. <laughs> what, what did you hit? Uh, a, a it was con- a person, right? A concrete bullard. Okay. Let's say that. You know, you know it's like a like a light pole standard, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the round light pole standard, mm-hmm. but there was not a light pole on it, so it was really low. And, you just and I, I parked facing it, okay? So it's on my right in front of my car. I sit up a little bit higher, so I didn't see it. So when I left, rather than backing out of the parking space, I went forward. And you just... And I just hit it. Yeah. So it wasn't bad. No, it's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. Knockout strictly wood, strictly uh, cosmetic damage. Could have been a lot worse for sure. All right. Here we go. All right. Let's get on this. Our guest this evening is Ophir. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What, 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 what I missed? Other things to worry about. Oh, this is what happens when I don't have a script. Oh, man. Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. I cut you out. It's, okay. it's not concrete bollards. Safety, <laughs> safety <laughs> apparel. I'm sorry. Yeah, I went on my, my head's spinning. Safety <laughs> apparel, safety share, and other things to worry about. Yes. I know you've prepared for this shoot, so I don't want it to go unmentioned. Hey, I got I to gotta bring what it up. What you got? Hyponatremia. Have you guys ever heard of it? No. Is that like a- Hyponatremia. Blood thing of some sort? It's like low blood sodium. It's a condition that means oh. you don't have enough sodium in your blood. Mm. You need I, some sodium in your bloodstream to control how much water is in and around the cells in your body. So interesting. I thought usually the thing is too much sodium. Yeah. Is, is there like a layman's use. term for that? Uh, no, not that I know of. <laughs> how come I've never heard of that? Maybe that means like uh, being dehydrated? It's it's similar to that, but you're overhydrated. Overhydrated. You need, yeah, you need to be balanced it, it's, out. It, it oh, gives you the interesting. Effects: uh, nausea, vomiting, fatigue, headache, cramps, yeah. irritability, weakness. I'm pretty sure I got it over the weekend. Sounds like by drinking too much water. Could, yeah, could be your wife. No, <laughs> well, she's the one that diagnosed me. <laughs> she pulled that one out. I was, I was, uh, when we were golfing, I was drinking a lot of water, and that was it. Wow. I was actually behaving. What? Yeah. I've heard that before for like people like you're not supposed to drink like distilled water because it doesn't have like minerals oh, in it. Yeah. Because then like you need to get like whatever. I don't even know what kind of minerals are in it. Yeah. But you can be deficient in that way. Yeah. So you were I, drinking distilled water? No, I was drinking regular water and plenty of it. And then I just locked up. I got cramped up. I was wow. sweating profusely. And then the vomiting. You had happened. a water stroke. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so was it the uh, was it the humidity or was it the anxiety being that close to the Mexican border? Oh, I hit a few golf balls into the Mexican border. Really, I like guarantee it. that. Like I hit it. one. I'm pretty sure went into Mexico and then bounced back into the fairway. I was impressed with myself on that one. But no hyponatremia. Never heard of it before. Pretty sure I had it. The lovely Carrie uh, diagnosed. diagnosed. 
So I figured I'd bring it up. I didn't think that would be something you guys have heard of because I had never heard of it interesting. before. I'm not interesting. drinking water for at least a day now. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, right. Just make sure you get some sodium. All right. All right. Well, let's let's get on with this right. now. now. Now we're ready, right? Now we can. All right. Let's no do offense. this. So my apologies, shoots. All right. So again, uh, a little premature. I'm sorry. Our, our guest this evening is Ophir Wainer. He's here representing 4M Analytics. We're going to learn everything there is to know about 4M Analytics, which I'm really excited about. These guys are doing some really cool things with some weird science, let's say. Uh, hence the tie-in. You Ooh. like that. So Ophir grew up in a, a kibbutz in South Israel and uh, was in the Army for nearly seven years. He got hurt on August 18th, 1994. But get this. Okay, remember that date, August 18th, 1994. His daughter was born on August 18th, 2012. So obviously August 18th is a, uh, it's a very important day, Significant for, uh, day. for our guests this evening. Um, but he's been working in the utility engineering industry since uh, his arrival in Canada in 1997. So Ophir, I'm going to let you... Uh, Kind of jump in here, but first and foremost, thank you so much for joining uh, the Geoholics this evening. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's uh, really a, a fantastic thing. I'm really, uh, when uh, when I heard about this uh, and when I was invited to come to the show, I, I actually started reading up on it and started you know, trying to find a bunch of your old podcasts. And I was really thought, I was really worried that it was going to be a, a, you know, an uptight and a, a very <laughs> a formal show. And then <laughs> then I stumbled on a couple of your uh, your previous podcasts, and I said, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to fit right in here. It's perfect. You know, it. a nice relaxed show. Let's let's you know let's let's start talking about the uh, the geo, right? Let's let's start talking. Let's start discussing what's going on, and really let's start having fun with it as well." Yeah, there ab- we go. Absolutely, I appreciate that. So you are the director of North American Business Development for 4M Analytics. Let's kind of lay the groundwork just a little bit. I mean, obviously you've been working in the stew industry for a number of years. What? Uh, tell us about 4M Analytics. Excellent. So 4M Analytics, it's a fantastic firm. It's a, it's a, it was a think tank. So this is a, we have a very think tank mentality. A lot of different professionals from a lot of different areas and really come together to put together a great idea of use of current technology for bettering and really looking at different mapping solutions. So the truth is 4M Analytics came from another firm before that, 4M Defense. Hmm. And that was a company which was founded uh, based upon the, uh, you know, trying to uh, find new ways of mapping EOD, Explosive Ordnance and Disposal. So they they came up with a whole bunch of great solutions uh, through AI computer algorithms and a whole bunch of different applications, uh, all which were once used in the military. Like these guys have, all of us actually have a military background and really looking at all of the different aspects and really taking from everything that we've, that we've learned uh, from you know from our roots in the military, and really using all the SOPs and using all the different and uh, different uh, ingenuities, and really going forward with it. So this 4M uh, defense firm, they, they it's a nice established firm right now, and its roots were to find a nice and simple solution for removing explosives and geohazards. And of course, uh, from where we came from in Israel, it's a area of strife. You know, a lot of strife and a lot of geohazards, a lot of landmines on the borders, a lot of um, 
a lot of the ordnance in the ground there, and especially the entire neighborhood. It's just a uh, a ordnance filled area, and of course you have all the other uh, all the other different war zones around the world where you have the uh, the unfortunate item of having uh, landmines left over and all these different uh, explosives left over. So what they came up with is a computer vision and AI and algorithms to figure out where these things were buried through remote sensing and also through a visual median inspection. And not just visual media inspection from going out in the ground and looking for it, but using all sorts of different uh, different sources, satellites and so on and so forth, and aerial and really photogrammetry, and re- using all the different sources to figure out where these ordnance and where these explosives were. So taking that and trying to turn that into a firm, which they did, and it's in a it's a working and established firm, it's a fantastic thing. But to get to that next level, what else? Is what else is a is a hazard? What else is a hazard that can impact everyone's life? And the guys were sitting there thinking, and they go, "Wait a minute, utilities, you know, out of sight, out of mind." And all of a sudden, you, know, you start hearing about uh, gas line explosions. You start hearing about all these different encroachments. You start hearing about utility issues. It's the same aspect, the same principle. Utilities out of sight, out of mind, but they are a hazard. But as well. These utilities are the lifeblood of our life. Like that is the lifeblood of our modern life. I think of this pandemic right now, mm. and you know, without uh, without the, the modern conveniences we've had uh, with uh, with our high standard of living and with all these modern utilities and all these these benefits which we have from having such a great you know, utility network, you know, it could not be possible if we did not have all this infrastructure in place. All this infrastructure is also very susceptible to, uh, you know, to damages, to uh, uh, geodisplacement, we'll call it, and all these other different things that can happen. And the truth is, we now spend so much time looking for the utilities in order to avoid hitting the utilities, mm. in order to build more utilities so that we can have a better and a much broader sense of infrastructure. So it's, it's really, it's a, it's a 360 they were always looking, placing, replacing, removing, going forward. So it's really absolutely incredible. And that's where form analytics came uh, came to be from form defense, and it turned into form analytics. And the truth is we were using the same principles at form defense to form analytics. And the truth is uh, when you start looking for funding and you start saying you're a defense company, you don't get it. When you start saying mm-hmm. utilities, and the, you know, the lifeblood of, of the entire of the entire world, utilities. Then you start having interest. Then you start having people want to fund your R and D. Then you start having a lot of that interest of saying, "Yeah, you know what? That is an issue. That is something I can actually, that, that I can think about. That is something that I can address. That is something that actually affects me every day. You know, are my lights going to turn on? Am I going to have internet? You know, am I going to be able to catch that next episode of uh, 90 Day Fiance? Like <laughs> all these crazy things." You know that uh, you've you've become so uh, so dependent on, and the truth is, we put so much effort into it, and with using all these new tools and techniques and the you know the the uh, the, the geospatial mapping and all these different applications, and really you know, trying to cut down on time, and not replace the surveyor, not replace the sioux firm, but just to aid them and to push them in the right direction. 
of where things are and how things have been and, you know, what historically has been there and trying to figure out where the utilities are through the application of the AI uh, and also a lot of different remote sensing techniques. Sorry, I started on a ramble there again. You know, the truth is, I, I, I think about these things and I just keep on going and going and going. It's absolutely incredible how much you can actually uh, live, uh, live utilities and live uh, geospatial. So it's, it's really, it's just fitting. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how remote sensing and AI comes together to to find where these utilities are located? Like, how, how exactly does that work? So, what we're doing is we're taking a lot of information and we're absorbing a lot of information, uh, historic information, all different sources of information. And the, the AI, of course, is learning how utilities are built, how they're structured, what it's doing. You know, if it, it knows that a uh, mantle goes from A to B, if it knows if it's a sewer mantle, it's going to have a slope. It knows if it doesn't have a slope, then it has to be a forced system. And it starts looking for all the different items that are connecting one to the other. Again, there's a lot of different uh, uh, IP issues and the uh, you know, intellectual property things which are attached to it. But it is a computer algorithm that actually takes information, takes topographical information, it takes all the different parameters which are in that area, and also overlays uh, multi-temporal SAR, uh, you know, change, uh, change analysis, uh, soil displacement, uh, trench displacement, looking and putting everything together and looking for visual evidence of excavation or visual evidence of touch or even you know, uh, you know, soil, uh, soil erosion or, uh, or even offsetting or off-coloring uh, in fields where there would be a footprint, where there would be an actual footprint of a utility. So really taking all these different things and putting it together. And the truth is uh, a human being could not go through all these different items and find it. He'd be sitting two, three years looking at all the data uh, for one site, uh, you know, by teaching the AI and having the computer vision and really putting all these things together and building the intuitive map and building the map of saying where things are and where they should be. And this has been tried, tested, and true with forum defense. And trust me, uh, if you get something wrong there, the consequences are, are life and limb. Mm. So, yeah, no doubt. And I, I mean, I think it's been proven over and over again that our, our, our records, our as-built records for, you know, infrastructure, underground utilities are, are horrible in the States. And I have to believe that it's, it's, just as bad, if not worse, worldwide. Is that a pretty accurate statement? You know what? There, there's some places that are better. There's some places that are worse. Uh, the, the biggest problem is we've uh, we've taken a pig and put lipstick on it and called it honey. Yep. Right. So, uh, you know, it looks really good, but the question is, you know, is it accurate? Right. And mm. just because we've taken pig and put lipstick on it, it doesn't mean that it looks good. It doesn't mean that it actually is a good-looking pig. It just means that, <laughs> that yeah. uh, you know, we, we've touched it up. And, you know, here, here's my lovely CAD drawing. It looks absolutely amazing. Here's my 3D drawing. It looks amazing. Is it accurate? I don't know. You know what? Hey, <laughs> mm. you know, maybe. But, uh, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Uh, so by taking that and going back and looking and doing the visual mode verification, so really taking all those items and putting them together and, and doing that uh, visual verification method, 
along with the AI, along with uh, the uh, the computer vision, all the different all the different sensors, you know, and the, the for example the SAR sensor, and really taking all these different things, looking for change detection, and taking all of them and putting it together. That's that's where that magic is. That's where that uh, secret sauce is really, you know, having all these things together. Now we're not just talking about like one like a, a thousand meter stretch. We're talking about you know, like a five mile stretch, a 10 mile stretch mm. where you can have a lot of utilities going through. And by looking at the entire area, that's where you get that big picture. That's where you start understanding how utilities work and how things connect and how things are being done. You know, a lot of times we have a very narrow, uh, narrow view of our project or a narrow view of our mapping of what we're going to be doing with, uh, with, uh, with 4M. It's, it's not just look at that one little site. It's look at everything around that site. Right, taking everything around that site and really trying to put that together, trying to build that puzzle, trying to really understand what what interconnects, what goes where. Uh, a really a, a really good one, which I can think of right now, is uh, you had a road. The road got relocated. On the side of the road, you had a whole bunch of gas stations. They never took out the tanks for the gas stations, so they still had the footprint of the, those gas stations there. Mm. All of a sudden, they want to build a road through there. They're doing their environmental assessment. Now they're going uh, drilling boreholes. All of a sudden, they hit tanks, sure. and they don't know why. <laughs> yep. You know, and if you, by taking all these different things and by taking all this, you could actually pinpoint saying, "Wait a minute, there was a road here. You know, there were tanks there because you know it was a gas station." Like, like you know, learning from the past for a, a better future. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. And first of all, I, mean, I, I got to mention you guys have an awesome website, four um, manalytics.com. and I'm looking at it right now. As a matter of fact, and I love it. It says mapping the under Earth. We don't see it, but we all use it every day in every part of our lives. And it's just you know the you know the unseen goes taken for granted. Mm-hmm. You know when it comes to utilities and things like that, and that could be a very dangerous situation for a number of, of folks to be in, especially if you're in the construction industry, you know, safety is such a huge thing. Um, so for m are you guys providing a service, a deliverable? What exactly does 4M do? So right now, I'm, uh, like I said, we were, we were in the uh, R and D phase. So really taking things and we were, we were a think tank, taking all these ideas, taking all these applications, putting them together and really coming up with a great idea. So right now, yeah, structurally and what we're doing uh, physically with the company right now is right now actually producing uh, mapping. But when I say mapping, it is actually a guide map. It is the initial guide for the mapping. So what we're doing is we're taking high-level utility information, not from the utilities themselves, but just from the actual face of the earth, looking at what's there, and then like a puzzle, putting all these different... Uh, putting all these different pieces together. And from there, we're actually establishing where the utilities are. And the truth is we're doing really well in terms of uh, you know, understanding what utilities go where and you know, what type of utilities they are and what they do and what they feed and doing that and providing that up front. Uh, you know, so we have a few uh, sue firms, for example, that are actually using our services for that upfront information, not just from the record information, because we don't look for uh, you know, record information and register, uh, registries and so on and so forth. If there are open databases, we'll use them, but we don't look for that. We, what we do is we look for all of the different signs of utilities. 
all the other things we were talking about before that AI, that computer vision, and the, you know, the looking at uh, the aerial images, looking at uh, a few historic images, really taking all the different things, putting that together, and then building that map and having the AI and having the computer vision plot where the utilities are uh, through logic and also through learning. You know, all of a sudden it, it learns that a lot of times when it's looking at, uh, you know, let's say we get a hold of a couple of asbelts and it says it's a, the asbelt says it's a Friday on a long weekend. Mm. The computer actually knows that it's going to discount that information and actually try and verify it a little harder. So, you know, somebody yeah. went in and programmed the fact that if a utility has been placed, you know, on, the, on a Friday of a long weekend, mm. it should double check. That's so that, interesting. That asbelt information. <laughs> That's just little things like that. But, you know, unfortunately, we're all human. And, you know, these little gaffes, (laughs) these little gaffes are, you know, what make us human. And and, uh, it's just uh, absolutely amazing. So we have a few tools in uh, really going forward that are developed and are have matured into the uh, the tools which uh, which were put into our GTM, our go to market phase. And that was the estimator utility tool. So that was that uh, tool which allowed a, an estimator to, for a quick look at where the different utilities are, where different trenches are. So when I say utilities, I mean trenches, right? We're going to say that there are X amount of utility crossings, X amount of trench crossings, and then he'd be able to establish, okay, as I'm putting my bid or as I'm actually establishing my bid, I'll know that I have to cross, I don't know, 50 trenches, 60 trenches, then I can start hmm. you know, dreaming up what type of method. You know, Am I going to go trenches? Am I going to have an open trench? Is it going to be open cut? You know, are there any other ways to get from A to B? And because we're not just looking at that one little path or that one line, we're looking at a, a large swath. Mm. You can actually change on the fly and say, wait a minute, we're going to change our routing and go from here to here. And then he can actually send out his survey crews for right away. He can actually send out his SU, uh, you know, the SU crews, the locate crews or whatever else he's going to do in his investigation mm. to establish, you know, where, where those utilities are. So with us, we're not the uh, we're not that we're not that pinpoint precision, but we will get you to that point where you know what you're coming up against in a quick and efficient manner. And again, all the work we do is remote. We have no boots on the ground. Wow! So that's amazing. That's amazing. So you you know you've mentioned accuracy a couple different times, and you know I, I fully understand that you know you guys are kind of like the, the the first ones in to kind of give folks an idea of what they could be getting into from a utility perspective. Um, you know, what, I mean, what kind of liability do you take on for this? Well, that's uh, that's actually a really great question. The truth is, we upfront state that our deliverable or our item coupled is only valid if it's coupled with a proper utility investigation. Mm. So if you want to take our stuff and rely upon it 100%, go ahead. But you know what? We're going to tell you where we have where we have a issue, where we feel, and where we can actually validate the information. And we're going to tell you, listen, there are some utilities which we, you know, which we didn't find. We are sorry. But you know what? You have 80%, 90% of the information up front. And a lot of times, the information we have you won't even find it on the registries. You know, you won't find mm-hmm. on those utility circulations because we're looking just for the trenches. Like, we can see things, even if it's been abandoned, right? Mm. A lot of times, you know, there are abandoned utilities or different utilities which have not uh, not actually, you know, there, there's no registry item with it. So, you know, we, you know we're, we're telling you there's something there. There's a trench here. 
you know, you can do it the way you want, but we recommend you investigate. And that coupled with your proper Sioux investigation, with your proper survey, with your proper locates prior to excavation is that tool, is that, you know, that key item. But by us doing this investigation up front, you can actually focus your, uh, your right-of-way surveys. You can actually focus mm. your investigations and say, well, you know, the, the boys from 4M found seven or eight uh, trenches here and there's nothing on the registry. And, uh, you know, could you guys go investigate what this is, right? So having that information up front and, like I said, you know what, this is a really quick turnaround. Uh, ultimately, we want to have an interface where you can just go online, you'll order in your area, you'll say, okay, I want from, a, here's my polygon, here's what I want. Hmm. I'm going to order it, and there we go. You know, within a day or two, you have it with all the trenches, how, what, why, and where. Now, is, so that the, is, it, is that the four map product there? That is correct. That is the four map. And I was getting into that. So you have the EUT, the estimated utility tool, which goes into the four map, which also we have the root concept planning. On the RCP tool, which is coming out, hmm. and they'll look at they'll, they'll take you from point A to point B, and you can put in your parameters. You know, you'll say, "I want to avoid uh, stream crossings. I want to avoid. Uh, I want to avoid reservations. I want to avoid this. I want to avoid that." And it'll build the route, you know, as per what you want and with, with your factors of what you want. So, you know, just really, and also provide you trenches, utility information, along with the focusing again, saying here. We believe that, you know, there's a trench here, and this is our tolerance. Mm. We have HCP, and that's high certainty precision. Uh, precision. We'll tell you that we have a tolerance of, you know, this trench, and we have a tolerance of one meter, you know, three feet. Mm. Or this trench, we have a tolerance of six feet. But we'll give you a tolerance with it mm. in terms of the and where the utilities are. And especially, you know, if, we, if there's a utility in the trench, we can't see the utility, but we see that trench. Are these uh, like when you when you mentioned tolerances? Are these two D tolerances or three D tolerances? That's a great question. So we are working in a two D world. We will eventually get to a three D world, but currently, we want to solve the two D world and start building upon that. We also have another application coming out, and that's still uh, that's in that R and D phase. Uh, and we 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 have a couple. Of, we have an alpha and a beta. Mm. Uh, we actually have a beta test on that going right now uh, for that uh, for the 3D phase and all the other different items. But it's it's really incredible taking all this information, really putting it together, and you know just stacking it one on top of the other, and then having the AI go through it mm. and understanding what it is. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, though it's super impressive. I mean, what you guys are doing is pretty mind-boggling. Um, so I know uh, Shoots mentioned the Four Map product. What is the Four Dig product? I was just looking at that. That looks super interesting. Yeah, that is actually that uh, that system we have in beta right now, and it's uh, that that I'd call that the the live map. The Four Dig, as I said, we're still working on our IP on that. You know, there's still a lot of different things which I can't talk about on that, but that is going to be. Uh, the map ecosystem. Wow. You know, a living map, like, you know, really taking it and going forward with it, you know, the 3D and just really understanding where things are. But I can't really get into that because, like I said, right now we're still, we're still pushing it with the, the great thing about 4M and I'm really impressed is how, how we actually take ideas and go forward. How everyone comes around the table, you know, and gives his little piece of experience. And there's there's such a vast and deep group here, and everyone has a little bit of experience in really putting it together, 
is that that's that, that fantastic thing. And that that you know you have the analytical thinkers, you have the uh, you have the uh, direct thinkers, you have you have all these different types of people coming together. And the truth is, with a lot of uh, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us are from uh, military units that dealt with a lot of these things before as well. So yeah, just really understanding uh, how in the real world these things have applications and how they can actually be taken and gone forward with and and used to better our day-to-day life is absolutely amazing. So I'll give you a great example. In 92, I was using handheld GPS units in the military yeah. with, uh, you know, with one meter accuracy. And <laughs> I know that, you know, we, that only started coming out in the civilian world in like 2007, 2008. So like literally 15 years ahead, you know, in the military, we had these nice, I remember the green garment box or the green box, we called it yep. the green monster. So really, you know, all these things that were in the military and all these, you know, these applications, you know, that are tried and tested and then civilianized. It's, it's, it's just mind boggling. What's going to come next. Yeah, for sure. In fact, I, I, I saw there's a, uh, Gavin Schrock put together a really good article uh, on uh, gogeomatics.ca about uh, you know what 4M is is doing, and uh, and he was blown away by it. Obviously, um, what? So who who are your target clients? So we're actually segmented into a few different items. We have the uh, you know the EPCs. Uh, you have the actual. It's going to be put into four different uh, four different buckets. You have the EPCs, uh, the, the ones who actually, you know, design and build these large, large mega projects. And just to clarify, right now, we are working specifically in the rural subset of America, or rural subset period. Mm. The urban subset is going to be a whole different monster, and that is actually going to be tied into that four-dig system and that, you know, the living map, and just really, just for the, uh, the dynamics of what a city is versus rural. Right, so we can do suburban really well. We can do, uh, you know, we can do rural absolutely. You know, that is our bread and butter right now. But that urban sector is a is that next step for us, and that is going to be coming. But like I was saying, the the biggest the the four different areas which we're really looking at is the EPC on you know, the engineering, procurement, construction, the big mega projects, mm-hmm. the long linear big mega projects, the long transportation projects. That is where our product and our expertise would really fit in, right? A really quick solution of upfront, understanding how many crossings you're going to have, uh, like really quick mm. upfront. The next one is for the SU market, you know, the substitute engineering market or the yep. utility locate markets and really uh, providing them also upfront information to help them as a, it's, it's another tool in their toolbox, you know, that they can get more information upfront, you know, more validation, of where trenches are and really understanding, uh, you know, what to, what utilities can impact their liability, right? And understanding how to actually do it. And because of our cost and our, uh, and our structure, it's absolutely incredible that sometimes it's more cost effective to use us to find trenches versus going out and mobilizing the GPR unit, right? Because it's, it's a tool. The GPR is a very expensive tool. And again, I'm not taking away from it. That's a fantastic tool. And if you can use it on every job, hey, I say go for it. But sure. a lot of the times, it's going to be a matter of cost of getting, like you've gone, you've done your utility investigation, and then, you know, you, you want to go out and do a, 
another investigation on you know with that additional tool. The question is, you know, will that additional tool be cost effective with our with us? You know, we're we're finding trenches as well. So it's it's really it's really amazing. You know, the cost effectiveness and the truth is with using the the forum tools on you know, the forum app and finding those trenches prior to the actual, you know, the actual uh, sending out of the GPR, you can actually focus where you're going to be doing your advanced geophysics as well, right? Because that's a, that's a lot of money to to get crews, you know, to get your, uh, to get, not everyone has a GPR sitting in every office, right? So, you know, the MOB, DMOB, really the focus. So from there, with the Sioux and the uh, locator uh, market as well, we actually have a QA service hmm. where we can go and QA their actual project, right? And when I say that, and they've already done all their designation, and we'll be looking for missing trenches. We'll be looking for uh, things which they could not quantify as a quality level D as a record only. You know, they couldn't qualify where it was, so they put it in as a record only. But if we have visual evidence of where that trench is, then we can actually uh, we can actually ameliorate their their quality level, or we can actually ameliorate the confidence in the information. Saying yes, here. You have uh, you have a record indicating a water main or a plastic water main is going straight. When we actually found it six meters off, we found a trench six meters off, and we believe that's that water main. Wow. So you could actually shift that over and say, "Here we go." And the truth is, we just did a job like that in New Mexico. Mm. Absolutely amazing. They, uh, this company did a fantastic job doing a really comprehensive Sioux investigation with you know with MCGPR, with uh, standard designation, with with you know with test pits and everything. And then, you know, we we found a we we found a a large water line, uh, a concrete water line, which was not found, wow. you know, and um, not but you know, it's non-conductive, you know, and it, it was in the middle of nowhere, so you really would not think to look for it. And then all of a sudden, here we go, you know, uh, from our perspective, we see this trench, and here we go, it's absolutely amazing, and you know what, it crosses the area of interest, and just for that, it was worth it. Right, you know, just you know, um, you know although we, we confirmed them, um, gave them the confidence, we actually provided them a lot more confidence in their deliverable. Mm. Yes, it was spent by with our professional here because they had done the best they could and they had done the due diligence, which they said they were going to do. And you know, we stand behind that 100%. But by actually having this additional tool, it gave that engineer a little more confidence saying, Yes, I feel really good about my information because it also has that visual verification median it has that 4m behind it and the truth is i want to turn 4m into a verb oh. i want people to form things before they start their you know their, ah, their design planning. i 4m'd it i 4m'd it there we go i yeah. freaking love that like googling it but for i geoholics you guys have me now okay i'm gonna start listening to you guys all the time hey oh I like my god it. i love that that's a great idea so we've had a number of sioux experts on the show and uh i mean we're, we're huge proponents of some surface steel engineering of course and a lot of that i mean it's like just like everything else we're moving to this like 3D virtual world, you know, with virtual reality. Is that something that, you know, 4M is uh, also considering incorporating moving forward? Again, virtual reality and the 3D stuff is absolutely amazing if it is correct. Yep. If you're going to have things that are, you know, <laughs> that are projected mm -hmm. and you hope for the best, it's, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to be, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be that game changer. But with us, we can get there. We have to take things one step at a time. Right now, we're starting off with, you know, our visual 
our uh, visual verification median. From there, as you know, the, the four-dig system and the other systems we're working on within that, which will provide a lot more information. And from that point, once that technology solution is at hand, and you know, the, uh, the think tank has the think tank to GTM go to market with that product, then we can start incorporating that 3D. It's a, it's a simple move, but it's just a matter of making sure you have the right technology that is scalable, applicable, and also verifiable. You know, making sure that you can stand behind what you're doing. Most important thing for me, that we stand behind it and it's actually done right. And you know what? I'm the first one to admit, if we don't feel we've done something correctly, we will come out and tell you, hey, we don't like the results. Let's talk, sit and talk about it. Let's see why the results are like this. You know, we're not going to hide it. We're not going to say, hey, you know what? We, you know, maybe, um, maybe it would have been better here. We're going to be upfront about our results and how, what, why, and where, and we're going to work to get the results we want. And, you know, to everything where there's a will, there's a way period. Mm. I love that. Mm. Um, just out of curiosity, have you ever used a witching stick? <laughs> uh, well, yes, but uh, we're, it's funny because we, we also use these in, in the army sometimes uh, for other purposes, but uh, it's really <laughs> funny. Oh, I've seen this before. What's that? A witching stick. Hey, it's like you know what? It's real. It works. Wait, so is this like the two pieces of copper? Yes. Yeah, I saw this on like Mythbusters or yes. something. It, I've, I have experienced it. Every, when he was talking about that water line, that concrete water line, I'm like, all I needed was a witching stick. Well, is there science behind this or is this like a... There is science behind, there is science behind it, but the, the, you know, the point is, with, by the way, with that concrete, with that concrete, you probably would have not found it. And there's a very good reason for that. At the point where it was going to cross the road, it actually got, uh, they actually put a, a concrete slab on top of it to disperse oh, uh, wow. to, this, to the road. Yeah. So you would not have found it because of that concrete slab. And because where the area of interest was, you know, you would have uh, walked with your witching stick per se, or whatever it was over that concrete slab because we had that yeah. wide area purview because we saw everything, you know, uh, one mile here, one mile there, sure. we saw the coming in, right? That's, that's what brought us to this. You know, that said, hey, wait a minute. There's something crossing here. Guys, take a look at this. Not yeah. not to get too far into this, but just it, what is the science behind this of why it would move when you walk over something like that? It's all a matter of electromagnetic waves and how the uh, the uh, elliptical of the Earth and uh, the Mercators, right? It's, it is, you know, every time you walk, you are an electrical field walking, yep. right? You are you're generating uh, electromagnetic energy, you are generating it around yourself. It's, it's physics, right? And as you're walking, it's the same thing. You know, as you're walking with these uh, little witching sticks, as you cross over a large object or another object which is uh, interfering with the electromagnetic waves which you are generating, or what that that the, the witching sticks are generating, it will cause an interference in the electromagnetic signal and it will pull. It's magnetism. It's a real thing. It's so, a real PJ. You doubt me. Well, I think maybe I just had, I heard the word witching and I was like, oh, what is this sorcery? <laughs> Here's a good one though. When, when you do that witching stick stuff for water, it's water witching. But when you do it for petroleum, it's called doodle bugging. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Oh, fear. So talk. Yeah. That's right. I'm just going to say one thing. Yeah. It is not 
I would not lay my, you know, I would not put my name behind that in terms of a utility investigation. It's just another step, which I would take, yeah. but it would not be the ultimate end all investigation. <laughs> nope, nope, of course no not. No doodlebug in here. No doodlebug and no witching sticking. Um, so talk about the business model. I mean, let, let, let's get down to that. I mean, how, how are you guys making money? Well, hang on a second. We still have two <laughs> sectors, which I haven't talked about. <laughs> All right. And that's yeah, the overall, uh, uh, the overall, uh, you know, the, the utility owners mm-hmm. and also the, uh, the right-of-way owners, which we want to help them understand where everything else is in relation to the utilities of, uh, in their right-of-way and so on and so forth, and the other utility owners of where the other utilities are in relation to them. And of course, asset management and construction companies. Sure. So construction companies with that four-dig application. And one of the best tools, which I've actually found, is our change detection algorithm. So, you know, a lot of times you you finish up a job, you know, you finish up design, you're about to go to construction. And all of a sudden you find that, uh, you know, the, this cable company put in a telecom line or, you know, some company came and put in a, you know, some sort of line there, you know, the two weeks before the construction actually started. And because mm-hmm. of multi-jurisdictional areas, I don't know, you know, they asked for a permit from the region and not the county and so on and so forth, right? So all of a sudden you're going, you know, you're doing during your construction, you have all your drawings, everything laid out, you know, you have all your engineering done. And all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, we have a line. We, What's this line here, right? So we actually have a solution, which uh, is our change detection algorithm, looking at the area prior to the engineering design, you know, and uh, just as to completion of design and prior to construction, see if there's any changes to what was designed into what's there. That is really interesting. That's all. I I just brought something else to mind. Do you do anything uh, post-construction? We do, but again, that's with the, uh, the IP right now. And we're Mm. really trying to, that's in our think tank phase. Gotcha. 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 All right. So back to the cost. I mean, how, what, what is the business model exactly? So what we're doing right now is uh, we have two systems, one of the ad hoc project, you know, here I have a project that would take me from A to B. And the second one is the mass, the map as a service. So you're going to come in and say, okay, I'm going to commit to using 4M for 500 miles over the next three years. And within the 500 miles, I'll go onto the website and I'll, mm. I'll start adding my polygons in and, you know, as I'm going along, I'm going to be using my credits of those miles. And with that, I'm going to be getting a much uh, a huge discount versus the ad hoc system. Like the ad hoc system right now, mm-hmm. we're looking at the other way, anywhere from 66 cents a foot to, uh, I don't know, to four bucks a foot, depending on mm-hmm. where the territory is and what it is and what the complexity is. But, uh, you know, when I say foot, it's a linear foot. So sure. for us, a, uh, a project is usually going to be 600 feet by the actual project length. So our, you know, mm-hmm. our, what you are, our x-axis is going to be 600 feet and, and the y-axis is going to be whatever you know, the length of your project is. Sure. So really, you know, the, making sure that you have everything so we can have a nice big purview of what's going on on either side and also into the length of your project. We also do, you know, nice uh, squared areas. So I know like there's 6,000 square feet or so on and so forth. Again, with the same type of calculation, you have the uh, ad hoc calculation or the mass calculation, hmm. the map as a service. It's such an interesting business model and more and more companies, you know, l- like 4M are going to this. You know, I know there's aerial mapping companies that are like, you know, you you just buy acres basically, mm-hmm. you know, like, are you going to map 
20,000 acres a year while well, you buy 20,000 acres and then as your projects, you know, you're not. price. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I really like that business model. And if people don't use it up, you win. Yeah, but, exactly. For sure. Yeah, I love it. It also allows us to do a lot of things on spec, right? So it allows mm-hmm. us to start building that database. So it can start really building. So when you come in and say, hey, I want from A to B, like if I see that there's going to be a major project, I'm doing my intelligence. I'm, I'm looking at where there are big things coming. I might just invest in doing a, a little more investigation there. And then when the you know, when the proponents come say, hey, I have a project from A to B. And then two days later, I say, here you go turned around enjoy wow yeah that's pretty crazy i i read something somewhere maybe i don't know if it was a news thing or something like that but are is are you guys is forum getting ready to do like a a cross-country tour or something of the states you guys got something going on like that so really good news we have actually established our u.s entity and we're just trying to figure out where we're going to put it. Uh, mm. So we're doing a little investigation, uh, and we're going to be down in Texas. We're going to be in uh, Colorado, California, nice. uh, Minnesota, a few other uh, states. I, I know that I'm not going to Arizona this time, but uh, I did promise my friend Al Fields I'd, uh, I'd come by and drop <laughs> my say hello to him when I did come out to Arizona. <laughs> yep, yep. So, we know uh, we know Al very well. Al we're uh, well. Yeah. we're very involved with uh, the ASCE UESI out here. So. So just so you guys know, I'm also really involved and really uh, plugged into those things. So I'm the oh, wow. uh, chair. Okay. I'm the chair of the North American Society of Trenches Technology BC chapter wow. up in Canada. I'm the Canadian liaison for UESI. No kidding. Uh, for the, uh, Did I know chapter. that? Yeah, wow. There you go. <laughs> this is great. Everything uh, happens for a reason, right? It's networking, boys. Networking, oh, yeah. absolutely. You know what? We may have you do a presentation for us uh, for the Arizona chapter if you might be interested. No issue. <laughs> Always will. There we go. I love it. I love and it. I'm also with you. I'm on the board of CAT, which is the Center for Advancement and Trench Technology out of the University of Waterloo. So it's really, uh, uh, I really like one of the best things I like. I was at the T2 Utility Engineers, a fantastic engineering firm for years, yep. a utility engineering firm for years. Really, really great, a great forward thinking firm. Mm. I was there for years and I really enjoyed my time there. And the only reason I, I left was because. The truth is, 4M was like me going home. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in Canada right now. I've been here since '97. Yeah. But for me, 4M was like me going back to Israel. That mentality, that working with, you know, uh, that teamwork, uh, you know, that military sense, that, that you know, working with the guys, working with everyone as a team, which I really enjoyed and I missed. And unfortunately, or fortunately, with Corona, uh, I I got stuck on a, mm. a, a, a proverbial island. Right. I'm, yeah. I was sitting. And I'm, you know, working in my working out of my basement for the last two years, and it, it really t- it took its toll, and I, I started looking for other things to stimulate the brain because I the truth is as the, I was the director of business development for T2 in Canada, so I was literally on the plane every week going place to place to place doing presentations upon presentations and really out there talking to people, oh. and it took its toll by being stuck in a basement and and pivoting to this online. For me, you know, mm. podcasting and casting and everything else, and it, it was really it was a, it was a hard cha- it was a hard change for me, and it, it it really affected me. And then I started saying, you know what, I want something where I can be integrated, even in this, even in this um, virtual world. And you know, and then I I ran into the guys in 4M, and it, it it just clicked for me. And I said, you know what, that is my home again. I, I'm I'm here, and I'm going to go back to that. That is the attitude I like, and that's where I want to be. 
So, so uh, really, really amazing. Yeah, I mean the the passion for what you're doing is uh, it, it's it's evident. I mean, you love what you're doing. I'm curious, what are you most excited about? You know, moving forward over the next say 12 months and five years. Well, 12 months. I want to see all our different products. I want to see everyone really starting to adopt that verb. I want to forum it. I love it. That's what I want to see. I want to see that forum verb. Five years from now, I want to see all the different iterations, all those different iterations of all the different products I was talking about, and really having everything meshed together as one. You know, having that uh, that mass, but you know, the the forward and the the, the rear thinking mass. Looking at it and saying, okay, here's my project, and having our forming a project for the life of the project. Mm. Not just the upfront, and not just the center, not just the uh, the change detection, not just the construction side, but right through and through. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, some forward thinking, right there. Absolutely. Um, shoot. There we go. It's a it's a it's a brave new world out there, and you know what? Every day, if you're not uh, if you're not evolving, you're regressing. I love and, uh, that. I think he just beat me to my question. Right <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was going to say the uh, the sky's the limit, but in this case, the uh, Maybe the Earth's the limit? I don't know. No, not even. <laughs> They're going underground. I used to have a, a military commander of mine who used to say this really great term. He said, every commander, you have one mouth, two eyes, and two ears. Yep. Yeah, no doubt about that. Exactly. Yeah. I've heard of you. I love that one. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. Beyond all the ones you just threw at us, do you have a personal <laughs> mantra that you live by? You know, and I, I live by uh, every day is a blessing mm. and uh, count my blessings every day because, you know what, yesterday should have ended for me mm. and I have tomorrow. That's so good. That's deep. That is deep for sure. It's getting there. Um, so f- a little off topic here. I may catch you off guard with this one, but being from Canada, uh, curling or hockey? You know what? I love hockey, but I tried curling for the first time two years ago. Yes. And it was it was a f- it was just fun. It's a blast. I, I, I just have to say, it was fun. <laughs> the truth was, we also came out with a few two fours, but you know what? It was fun. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, my, my wife and I are both curlers, if you can believe that, here in Arizona. So anytime we have somebody on from Canada, we always have to ask them, uh, you know, curling or hockey. So, uh, Gosh, that's about all I have, to be honest with you. I'm sure we could talk about this <laughs> Any <other questions>? ever. <laughs> Shoot, do you got anything else? No, man, the passion just comes through. Uh, I love impressive. it, man. It was awesome, yeah. No, PJ. I loved it, yep. Remote sensing and uh, witching sticks. Yeah, there, is that what you took away from this? Yep, I like it. <laughs> And AI, of course. Uh, oh, fear. What is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to make sure you get out there? How can people find out more? You know what? Let, let's regress on those witching sticks and go back more to the science and the geophysics, please. Like all right? Weird, weird, <laughs> weird science. <laughs> How do people find out more? How do you think? You know, you could look. I'm on LinkedIn. Reach out to me anytime you want. Forumanalytics.com. Awesome. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm, I'm just a phone call and email away. Or, you know, I'll even jump on a plane to come see you. All right. We're going to take you up on that one. Absolutely. Just don't don't come out here in July. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that's about it, right? Let's do it. You should wrap this one up. Put a bow bow on on it. it. All right. Hang on, hang on. I I have have a crazy antidote for you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You know that the warmest place in in the world last week or two weeks ago was in Linton, D.C., 50 (laughs) degrees centigrade. Was it really? (laughs) Yep. 
Linton, BC. The worst part was a day later it burnt down. Yeah, Linton, BC, 50 degrees centigrade. That's 129. Yep. Really? And the day later it burnt down. The entire town burnt down. Yeah. Village of Linton, BC evacuated as mayor says, quote, the whole town is on fire. (laughs) Wait, did did it it self? uh... It was hotter than Arizona. Yeah. What? So it's it's not even that much higher than. What's the elevation? It's actually in a valley. No way. Well, so it's a it's a forest fire, huh? Or wildfire? Wow. Yeah, yeah it was a wildfire. I've actually been very close to where this is where this is at. Wow, that's crazy. Hey, you learn something new every day, exactly. right? Exactly. I love it. All right. Hey, first of all, over here, thanks again for being here, man. We really yes. appreciate it. Uh, you you presented four uh, M or represented four M very very well, and I'm sure you've. Uh, Made people very, very curious about what you guys are doing. So he uh, he four M'd it for sure. Four M'd it. <laughs> there Absolutely. we go. Absolutely, yeah. I love. It. Yeah, that's that's going to be the verb of the year. Four M. Yeah, hey. call Webster. <clears throat> Got to start somewhere. Why why not start here at the Geoholics, right? Exactly. All right, guys. So floor. that will do it. Yet another awesome value adding friend making show. I think Ophir is a new friend, don't you? Absolutely, no doubt. Please be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on all previously mentioned social media outlets, those being LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Download all of our podcasts from everywhere, but also from the Geoholics app from LanceVerseUnited.com. Send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com if you have any content ideas or would like to be a guest on a future show. We're always looking for the next big thing, as they say. Last but not least, please support our amazing friends of the program every chance you get, like Trimble Geospatial, and who knows, maybe even 4M Analytics. We'll see. Be sure to mention your Geoholic for the deep, deep discounts. Pay it forward. Add value. Make friends. Oingo Boingo. Weird science available everywhere. Until next time, everybody, be safe and healthy. Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Nettleman Land Consulting, nlcprep.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu slash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.